Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Primary Care Podcast. It is your boy, Dr. Marcus, coming at you with another episode today. Before we get into it, today's joke from the primarycarepod at gmail.com inbox, you know, you know where it is, uh, comes from an anonymous listener. Hey, Dr. List, what kind of doctor is Dr. Pepper? Answer, a physician. A physician. All right, let's start the podcast. The Primary Care Podcast is written and edited by a family physician for an audience of other physicians, nurse practitioners, physicians, assistants, residents, and medical students interested in primary care topics. This is not a podcast for patients and should not be used as medical advice. This is also a personal podcast produced on my own time and solely reflecting my personal opinions. Statements of this podcast do not reflect the views or policies of my employer, past or present, or any other organization with which I may be affiliated. Thank you for listening to the Primary Care Podcast. I'm Dr. Mark List, here to bring you the latest news, guidelines, and updates from primary care sources around the globe. Keeping it under 15 minutes long because you're in a hurry and I'm not that smart. All right. Well, welcome back to the podcast, Pod Girls, Pod People. It's your pod doc, Dr. Mark List, coming at you today with another episode of the, the Primary Care Podcast. Uh, today's article we're going to get into uh, literally just came across my desk. And by come across my desk, I mean I found it on the internet. Uh, and it is from the Journal of American College of Cardiology. Yes, yes, the JACC. You know it, you love it. Actually, you probably don't know it or love it, but this article is actually really interesting. And that is, it, the article title is, uh, it's here from November 2022, very most recent article, Race-Dependent Association of HDL Cholesterol Levels with Incident Coronary Artery Disease. So a little background, uh, going back uh, to the 1970s, a lot of our data comes from the Framingham trial, right? In terms of what we associate LDL, HDL, triglycerides with instant risk for coronary artery disease, okay? And coronary uh, heart disease. And why this is important to realize is that uh, the Framingham study was majority white patients and in fact is 100% uh, of white ethnicities. Um, and that includes uh, the original study of their offspring and their spouses. And a lot of our pooled cohort equations, the MESA data that you can use, a pooled cohort is what the ACHA use for their cholesterol calculator we all know and love. The MESA is basically the same cohort uh, or roughly some of the same um, demographics, but you can use that formula when you use um, or if you have a known coronary artery calcium score. And these are all obviously to make judgments about what is a patient's risk for coronary artery disease and their risk for a major adverse cardiac event. And what this study is trying to look at is the fact that historically our research into coronary artery disease and LDL and HDL has been really well documented in white patients, but not as well in, in, in black patients. And again, we have very, very few randomized clinical control trials going, you know, 10 or 15 years, but we have a, a lot more observational data. And this is an observational study, okay? This is uh, looking at um, the REGARDS cohort, uh, which was the REGARDS study was the reasons for geographic and racial differences in stroke. And back in the early 2000s, this study recruited 30,000 black and white individuals uh, over the age of 45 in the United States. And basically, they looked at this data and wanted to see why do our current risk equations for coronary artery disease underperform in black adults? Why? why what are we missing? What are we? What's happening? And why? Why are the rates of 
uh, suspected coronary artery disease not match up from our risk cohorts in real life um, when we talk about uh, how it, it, it works in black patients. And I'm going to give you the, the headlines of the study, and then we're going to dig into details because this is a really complicated uh, study. And that is, uh, I, I have the lead in the article, um, but LDL and triglycerides modestly predict coronary artery disease in black and in white adults, right? The higher the LDL levels, the higher the triglyceride levels, uh, a higher uh, prediction for rates of instant coronary artery disease, okay? That is true for both black and white adults. But again, remember, in the coronary artery calcium, <clears throat> our, sorry, our AHC-AHA cholesterol calculator, we look at total cholesterol and HDL levels, correct? Uh, and, and that kind of um, uses those two pieces of data, of cholesterol data, to um, in the equation for our risk for future cardiac events. You know, if we're low risk, if we're medium, if we're moderate risk, if we're high risk. And this study all then looked at what do HDL levels do for prediction? And low HDL levels, right? So low amount of good cholesterol was associated with increased risk for coronary heart disease in white patients, but not in black patients at all. Um, high HDLC in this uh, HDL in this study was actually not protective in either group, right? And, and historically, we've always said, okay, observational data has said that if you have high HDL cholesterol, you have a lower risk for heart disease. That has been observational data going back uh, many, many years. Um, but they did not see that in this cohort. And I'm going to get into that because it's it's more nuanced than kind of the big picture conclusion, okay? So why is this important? Again, uh, 1970s, the Framingham Heart Study uh, was discovered a well-established inverse uh, relationship between HDL levels uh, and coronary artery disease risk, right? So if you have the higher the HDL levels you had in the Framingham Heart Study, the lower your coronary heart disease risk, right? Um, in the, the lower your HDL levels, the higher your risk was, okay? And this has been confirmed in multiple other cohorts, okay? Um, and mostly white European cohorts, um, but in racially diverse cohorts, this was not seen. And so that's what led them to, to do this study. Uh, I'm going to pull up one of those uh, right here. The Dallas Heart uh, Study. Hold on, let me pull it here. Ah, uh, there it is. The Dallas Heart Study had 46% of their cohort was black. And HDLC, in, sorry, HDL levels in that study were inversely related, were inversely associated with instant heart disease, right? So the lower your HDL, the higher risk, the higher HDL, lower the risk in non-black patients, but in black patients, they did not see that same relationship. Okay. So again, in previous studies, we've seen this. And so they wanted to look at this data uh, for this other cohort and see, okay, if we look at this data and we've now looked 10 to 15 years in the future, what do we see? And again, they saw in this study that low HDL in white patients was absolutely a risk factor, but black patients, it was not. And I'm not going to get into the, the, the details, but basically in the study, if you flip through the study in this, uh, on this website, on the JACC website, they have a lot, they have, they have three major models they looked at, right? Model one was unadjusted. Okay. So just the raw data. Uh, and, and if you scroll all the way down, halfway down, uh, figure four. So there's a log hazard ratio and it looks at specifically the interaction between race, 
and lipid interaction with instant coronary artery disease, okay? And very, very clearly in the unadjusted model, white patients had that inverse relationship that has been seen in cohort after cohort after cohort, okay? And they, they saw it in this cohort too. The lower your HDL, the higher your risk. The higher the HDL, the lower your risk. In black patients, a low HDL did nothing, even in the unadjusted models. I mean, that dot for the, the median um, HDL was like right on a zero hazard ratio compared to patients with a normal um, HDL level. Interestingly, though, in the unadjusted model, right, just looking at the raw data, a high HDL was protective for black patients in the same way it was for white patients. But they have multi, they, they use two other models then. And model two, uh, they estimated, they adjusted the, the outcomes for LDL levels, for triglyceride levels, for age, for sex, for race, and by region. And those that benefit to the low, or sorry, the risk of the low HDL stayed for white patients. The low HDL for black patients did not change at all. Again, absolutely no association, no hint of an association, just dead set in the middle, okay? Um, but HDL levels, again, still trended that the higher HDL, the lower the risk. Now, statistically, uh, that did cross the midline, and so neither for black nor for white did a, did high HDL protect um, when, when you adjusted for the other lipid profiles and age and sex. Now, model three was a very interesting model where they adjusted for smoking, for diabetes, for statin use, for systolic blood pressure, for BMI, for antihypertensive medicines, right? So looked at all of the other clinical factors, uh, not just HDL. And that same, that same risk or that same benefit to high HDL disappeared in white patients. White patients, uh, high HDL level, once you adjusted for all of the other clinical factors, did not protect against heart disease, right? And so, again, what do we make of this? It's not like high HDL does nothing. And that's one of the takeaways of this study was they basically said, well, high HDL is not cardioprotective. Well, high HDL completely all by itself appears to not be as strong of a predictor or, or protector as we historically thought. When taken into account all of the other things like smoking, diabetes, uh, cholesterol levels, uh, you know, presence or, or absence of statin or hypertensive medicines, uh, BMI, et cetera, blood pressure issues, when you adjust for all of those or when, when you control for all of those, you don't see the same value that HDL is protecting, which I guess makes sense, right? When when you look at all of the other risk factors combined, right? HDL by itself, a high HDL level is not enough to prevent heart disease. Okay, so I, I, in my opinion, how that's how I interpret that study, right? That's how I interpret these this this graph that um, that low HDL, no, even even when they controlled for all these things, low HDL was still really bad, right? But high HDL, the value and that protective value, once you start, uh, you know, controlling for all of the other uh, risk factors for heart disease, wasn't as strong of a protector. In fact, it wasn't statistically a protector at all. Similarly, the same thing happened in black patients. HDL wasn't protective at all. But again, that's not, I, I wanted to dig into the study a little bit more because the headlines say high HDL levels not protected at all from this study. And again, 
If you don't adjust for any of those other clinical factors, HDL does appear to have some protective effects, but when you know you ignore or when you control for every other major metabolic uh, you know event hdl doesn't seem to be as powerful or as strong as we thought it would be all right all on its own okay but low hdl never good for whites again getting back to the main point of the study though low hdl in black patients doesn't matter whether you were adjusting for other clinical factors, whether you were adjusting for demographics, whether you had an unadjusted data, it didn't matter for black patients, low HDL. So what does that mean? This might be why those cholesterol calculators are underperforming for black patients. Yes, uh, HDL cholesterol is racist. Uh, it, it, it performs, it behaves differently. The, the HDL numbers have different outcomes for black adults versus white adults. And I think this is really, really important to know because when we have shared patient decision-making, one of the major tools that I use in my clinical practice, and I know a lot of people do, are we sit down with our patients or after we get the data back, we sit down and plug it in. And then we talk to our patients about, hey, you are at risk for heart disease based on these numbers. You're going to need a statin. Or you're not at risk for these factors. Uh, you don't need a statin. But how can we use, it's going to be really hard for me in my black patients to continue to use these models when this, you know, ongoing and future data, when we actually include black patients shows that this low HDL doesn't matter at all for them. And so uh, what do we do going, going forward from this? You know, basically we need more cohorts. We need more observational data that look at black patients specifically and can make risk calculators for black patients. And this might even need us, lead us into having different recommendations or different risk stratification based on race. And so as much as I know a lot of medicine is trying to get away from uh, racial differences in outcomes and in, in how we screen, uh, I still think that there are absolute use cases where minorities are hurt from this idea that we are going to treat everybody the same, no matter their ethnicity, no matter their race, no matter um, other genetic factors, because we're just going to treat everybody the same. We know that black men do worse with prostate cancer. We know that there are certain racial phenotypes that need to be, uh, that, uh, you know, Native Americans, uh, Asians, uh, Alaskan Islanders, uh, Hispanics uh, tend to have worse, uh, you know, a higher need to screen for diabetes, for example, and have worse outcomes with diabetes. We need to stop this. Um, we need to continue to push for individual risk discussions with our individual patient in front of us, knowing their family history, knowing their other uh, risk factors, and having those shared decision makings. As much as I love the cholesterol calculator, as much as I love having data to help have these discussions, this gets back to the point that medicine is incredibly complicated, right? Chronic disease management is incredibly complicated. And as much as we want to have these easy button answers, at the end of the day, the best thing that you can do for your patients is have individual conversations with them about their risks and how the data might not accurately reflect their individual risk and how 
We just need to do the best thing knowing the as much information as we can or as limited information as we can and do what not only the patient feels comfortable with but also what we feel comfortable with and having that discussion. And I think that's ultimately what this study really points me towards is that our current our current data appears to be not adequate enough for black patients. In white patients, the data looks great, right? And I think we continue to use a calculator. We continue to have those conversations. But in black patients, low HDL literally doesn't matter, according to the study. And the, it, 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 historically, again, if you look at other highly uh, proportionate black cohorts, you also see that lack of low HDL having any impact on black outcomes with major adverse cardiac events. The article does make a really does make a uh, another really interesting point, and that is the fact that race is a complex metric defined both by social constructs and a genetic construct, and so makes it challenging to capture its full spectrum of risk prediction algorithms, right? And further, modeling the race HDL interaction here is particularly challenging given the association with HDL and coronary heart disease is likely ethnicity dependent, right? I'm talking here in this entire podcast about white versus black data, but white ethnicities also can have an impact, right? Family history, uh, predominance in certain white ethnicities. In in black culture, it, it, you know, they, black culture is not all universally one ethnicity. And so that makes having these conversations and making equations very, very, very difficult to, to find the correct equation. So again, this gets back to the whole idea of this is the best data we have, but it might not accurately represent the patient in front of us. And so that shared decision-making, that trust, that level of connection that we have is way more important than any guideline. It's way more important than any calculator. And I think that's the ultimate take-home point for me. So hopefully this was an interesting discussion on HDL cholesterol and its association or lack of association with coronary heart disease. In white patients, low HDL is, or sorry, low HDL continues to be a major risk factor for white patients. For black patients, low HDL doesn't matter. I question the HDL data um, a little bit because clearly HDL, high HDL is protective in an unadjusted sense. Um, but is when when you did when they did the adjustment in the model, they lost that same protective effect of the high HDL. Is that still clinically relevant? Um, I don't know. I don't know that's going to affect a ton of what I do, but it does it does help me to not be so reliant on a number and to more have that conversation with my patients. So um, I ran over today everyone's money back from their uh, cost of downloading this podcast. Um, Your check is in the mail. Sorry for running late today. Reminder, this has been Dr. Mark List. Reminding you don't have to stay up all night to stay up to date. Thanks. Have a great week.